Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Yeah, we wanted to talk about Christian liberty. We um, read this article, came across this article over on the Christian Post, and um, we're like, man, that seems like a great conversation. And then we threw it out to um, the oldest of the big three, and she agreed. She's like, oh, man, this is such yeah. a good topic. And talking about Christian liberty and talking about, um, you know, what are the things that are acceptable and what are the things that are unacceptable in the Christian faith. So, all right. So um, let me just say a huge shout out to our premier sponsor. I don't know if we were live with you guys last week when we announced that BJU Press Homeschool is our premier sponsor. And we, man, we're so grateful for them Mm -hmm. because one of the things that's important to us is to preserve biblical worldview and what our kids are learning. And I want to say this because I think it's important to note that when you talk about biblical worldview, sometimes you'll have like a homeschooling curriculum that will teach the subjects, Mm -hmm. but will sort of like use Bible passages as like frosting. (laughs) I'm not here for that. Like, I don't want, I don't want Bible passages as frosting. I want everything woven through and through with a biblical conviction of the knowledge and the holiness of God. Mm. And um, that's something that's important to BJU Press. And so when we visited them um, earlier this year, we were just really struck by how important that is. And even the comparison to look at what, you know, some other curricula are doing and Mm -hmm. say, man, we want the highest level of excellence as, as, as far as biblical worldview is concerned. A lot of times when you're talking about academics, they're all going to be very competitive academically speaking. But when you start talking about biblical worldview, man, I want to lead with who God is. And so anyway, we are, we are ecstatic that um, they are the premier sponsors. This is really, really interesting because a lot of times we look around the Christian landscape and we can see a lot of people just sort of like, you know, talking about the Liberty that they have as Christians, But really what they're doing is what the Apostle Peter warned against. They're just Mm -hmm. using their liberty as a cover up for sin. Yeah. They're saying they have liberty, but we don't have the right to do what's wrong. Right. Mm. And even the freedom that we have is a freedom unto God. And so I was thinking about this and thinking, like, how do we talk to our kids about this? How do we talk to young people about this? How do we live a life that is not a um, self-righteous life? You Mm -hmm. know, it's not a life where we just are known by what we don't do and and then kind of like use that as a way to say that we're justified. But then at the same time. How do we submit to the holiness of God and live and walk uprightly in our generation? And mm-hmm. I think that's the balance that we're often trying to find. Yeah, I think uh, freedom, what we're going to talk about tonight, it could be a tricky topic for some. But if we stick close to the scriptures, we yeah. can know, you know, how to navigate that. You know, uh, I, I remember uh, back in Chi Alpha and um, doing campus ministry, I did a, a, a teaching about like what is actually sin. Like some mm. things we've made sin that the Bible does not say yes. is a sin. And it's just our tradition or it's just something that we don't prefer, but we can talk about it like it's 
sin. Like you know? mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is not a sin. <laughs> well, I don't, you know, I don't know about that. And, you know, but anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think we tend to do that and we can uh, get to a self-righteous, you know, stance by doing things like that. Mm-hmm. We got to be careful to stick close to the scripture. What does the Bible say, you know, is a sin and what, uh, what is, is permissible, Yeah, you know, and those, and I think this is a great topic, you know, that uh, this pastor has some great points and I know we're going to go through that, but man, we got to really think through how we're navigating this because if we're not careful, we will be self-righteous. Yeah. I want to say one thing before we jump into this article. Um, I think it may be, and tell me what you think about this. And let me see some of the comments here in response to this. I think it may be scarier to consider the freedom we have unto the Lord than to be aware of the things that are prohibited. Mm. And and Mm. the reason I say that is because I think in the freedom, we often find that people wrestle more like people kind of lean toward give me the rules tell me what to do and what not to do right but it's in the relational aspect of being in in fellowship with the lord that we often struggle we're we're like well Mm. i don't i don't know like you Mm. know and i Mm. think because of the struggle is the result of wrestling with what you desire to do Mm. (laughs) versus what you know might be right to do. And I think, you know, that's sometimes a tough place to be in, but I'm wondering what some of our, um, our listeners on the live think. Yeah. I think, you know, if we stick close to the straight edge of scripture, you know, those things that may seem like, I guess we would say gray areas, Mm -hmm. you know, um, man, I, I just like one of the points that the pastor did point out, you know, uh, is it beneficial, you know, like certain things you can do, you know, that may not uh, be uh, sin, mm-hmm. but man, it doesn't add to me either like, or to my spiritual growth. You know, so I, I think we, you, you got to be careful. And, and when you're talking about this, because you can you can say certain things so emphatically that you, you make it seem like, man, we get, we got to follow all the rules, mm-hmm. all these rules. Man, there are, there are whole denominations that are built upon like rules. Oh you know? man! You know you can do this. You can't do this. Your your skirt has to be this long. This you know your hair has to be this this type of thing. Yeah. And man, it it causes people to be in in more bondage. Yeah. You know because yeah. they're trying to keep these rules that they can't keep, and then they're feeling guilt because they can't keep them. But nobody's keeping them. Right. But then but right. you, but you have a certain amount of people who make you think that they are keeping them too when they're really not it's just a whole you know mess yeah and i, I think if we uh, stick close to scripture you know we'll, we'll be saved and grow grow in our love for god like yeah, yeah. grow in your love for the lord by spending time with him being steeped in his word and that really drives what you do and don't right. do and it becomes less about who's watching who's going to be aware of what you did or didn't do um who's going to report you you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like and mm-hmm. more of it is no i love the lord i i want to honor the lord in my relationship with him mm-hmm. i think that's so important all right let's dive into this article here a virginia megachurch pastor outlined the four questions that he believes Every Christian should ask themselves Mm. when it comes to the gray areas of Christian liberty. Quote, true freedom in the Lord means that we are now free to live as we should and not as we please. Mm. There's several of those in here, so I'll just keep (laughs) going on, okay? Austin Hamrick, pastor of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, said during a sermon titled Four Questions Every Christian Should Ask Themselves Last Month, true liberty is not a license to sin. It's very important for us to understand this. God's grace sets us free from sin. 
-hmm. It doesn't set us free to sin. That's right. And then he says, there's a big difference. I want to go back to Exodus. And I think this is so, so important because sometimes we will quote how, you know, the Lord said, let his people go. And then we stop there. (laughs) But if you look at Exodus chapter nine, the Lord says to let my people go that they may worship me. Mm. So it's not just this, it's a free free world, right? right? It's not just, just, I'm I'm free, I'm free. We are free unto someone, Mm. and we are free unto some things. The someone being the holy and righteous one, and the something being holiness. We are free now to be set apart unto the Lord, and to be set apart from a world and a life of sin. That And that right there in itself is is freeing. You know, when you think about the life we uh, get to live in Christ— you know, it, it is a free life. It's not one that is just contained with, uh, with, with rules and you got to do this and you got to do that. Although some people make it out to be that, mm-hmm. you know, but the freedom is to uh, the freedom to worship God, a freedom to like live uprightly. It's a freedom to to not be uh, a slave to, to sin. You know, those things is great freedom in Christ. You know, some our problem comes when we try to get close to the line and see mm-hmm. how how much can we do and you know not sin yeah. you know we try to get right up into the mark right up to that line and and that's when we begin to stumble and fall and, and mess up you know because we're we're really uh not fleeing sin yeah. and things like that yeah. but we're kind of yeah. playing around with it yeah you know it's interesting because i think and again um jump in on the live here with your comments on this but I think one of the ways that we engage as far as what I should do and what I shouldn't do, am I trying to get up to the line or am I trying to fleece mm-hmm. in, is in we look at it by comparing it to the way we relate to, like, say, in a marriage, right? Mm. Like, I wouldn't ask you what are the things I could do that would you would be okay with as it pertains to another man. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I wouldn't be asking, like, well, like, could I hold a hand? Like, would that be weird? Like, could, mm. you know, and so often when it comes to sin, and we're thinking about in relationship with God, right? Mm-hmm. We are not we are not trying to be as far away from anything that would dishonor God as possible. We're often saying like, well, what's the line? Like am I am I on the good side? Like, you know, or am I on the on the bad side of it? And I think that's the wrong way to approach it. And yeah. for far too many of us, I think that's the way we've approached it. Could you give examples of things people might consider Christian freedoms? Yeah, well, man, there actually there are many, even the things we eat even the things we eat. Some people mm. may look at the things that we eat and say, well, I, I just don't have the freedom or the liberty to eat that. Like I had bacon tonight. <laughs> Some people may say that's swine. That's unclean. I can't believe that you're eating bacon. And I would say it was yummy. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would say, I would say to the person who says that this is a um, old Testament Um, Levitical prohibition, Mm -hmm. I would say, well, we are no longer bound. We are not bound by that law. And then I would also say this though, and and here's an example. If a person was in my presence and they really just had like, you know, bacon made them sick. Yeah. Not even in a physical sense. Okay. But like bacon just was disgusting to them. They They found that disgusting and that was offensive. I wouldn't eat bacon around them. Like I wouldn't invite them over for a meal and then prepare bacon. That doesn't mean that I think bacon is a sin. Mm -hmm. It just means that I care about them more than I care about my wanting to have a slice of bacon. Mm -hmm. I can have bacon when that person is not my guest, right? Drinking is another example. Mm, That's a big one. (laughs) Because we come from the roots of a teetotaler nation, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. There are many, many Christians who believe that drinking is a sin. Mm-hmm. Any drinking, right? Um, you're not going to find that in scripture. I've, I've, I have heard from Christians who have said things like, you know, Jesus turned water into wine, but um, that it was not alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where was that in the footnotes? Like where, where, right. what, what Greek translation are they using for that? Like you, you just won't find that you find the apostle Paul telling Timothy for whatever his stomach issues were, we don't know, but he says, have a little wine for your stomach. And so there, there is Liberty, but here's the thing. Again, the apostle Peter says that we don't use our Liberty as a cover up for sin. That's right. The apostle Paul warning not to be drunk with wine not to be drunk with wine, right? Um, because that's excess. That's mm-hmm. that's like living to your flesh, right? right. But be full Filled of the Holy the, Spirit, the Spirit, right? right. So, so the liberty is that you are not condemned if you have something to drink. But he, can I say this though? Living in, the, living in an American context where drinking is viewed a certain way, you might cause someone to stumble by drinking. And so that in that case, I would rather not drink anything at all. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, like it's, it's not not worth it. It's not something and and especially man he talks he talks about like being mastered too, you mm-hmm. know. Um and th- people can be mastered by alcohol, mm-hmm. you know. I wouldn't want anyone to stumble because of my freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I know there's there's well, if, even if I didn't know and if I'm out somewhere and I, I didn't know people are watching or whatever, I don't want them to, you know, stumble because of watching me. Exactly. So I, I would say stay away from it. I, yeah. would, I would stay away from it personally. That's you know. So the, the thing is, but it, you will not find it in the Bible where it says that this is a sin. You need to, you know. But at the same time, I think it's wise that we don't uh, take our freedoms and abuse them. Mm-hmm. You know, that we that we would uh, care and love our brothers and sisters and even those who are looking on who may not know any better. And they may think that it, it may cause them to stumble to see somebody who they see professed as a as a Christian drink. Man, just I, I personally just won't do it. Yeah. No, I don't think it's worth it. I, I, I mean, and I would say to anyone who feels like, well, I've got to have a drink. That might be an indication <laughs> that you shouldn't, yeah. because now what we're talking about is something that has mastered you. And I think that's important. So another example, someone where, give me an example of talking about Christian liberty, um, the movies that we watch, you know, we don't have hmm. um, any footnotes that specifically address the types of movie ratings that we should consume. Now, based on living in America and understanding our movie rating system, we know what's going to be contained in certain movies. And so we can say, well, look, I'm not going to, um, Cassandra said pork is still unclean. What did she say? Porky is still unclean. Religion <laughs> says it's not. Okay. I don't know what, anyway. Okay. I'm sorry. I just saw a picture of a, por- of a pig. Um, so, so we can say, well, I'm not going to watch those kinds of movies or I'm not going to watch movies that have this rating. And there are many people who will set a certain movie rating as a law. And, and let's kind of stay here for a second because I'd, I'd like to see, um, you know, what people think about this. So there are certain people who will set a movie rating as a law and they will say, I'm not going to see R rated movies, mm-hmm. but then everything they'll see everything else. Right. And I would say that there are some PG 13 movies 
that are questionable about whether or not we right. should watch them. Right. But there are oh, people yeah, who will definitely. say, well, but but it's not R. And so <laughs> then that's that's kind of like their their threshold there. I think what we have to do as Christians mm. is we have to desire to honor the Lord. That's our aim. But I will tell you something. Sometimes, you know, a person knowing that, that someone else has viewed a movie mm-hmm. might be tempted to judge that person and say, well, how could you do this? I think this is one of those things where you say, okay, the person has liberty to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. The person could make a defense that, well, that's artistic liberty. There yeah. was this. It wasn't gratuitous, but this was in it. That's up to them. The things that we resolve, yeah. that we say, okay, we're not doing these things, yeah. are an attempt to try to get as close to glorifying God as we can. And that's the thing. We're trying to, our aim is to please God, you know? And so, man, I would just have to say, for me and and for us, there's not a lot at the movies that we, mm-hmm. we go and see. Just because, you know, for us, it's like, man, it seems like trash. Yeah. But... That may not be the same mindset of another believer that, you know, and they're not in sin. Now, unless the stuff is, you know, outright, you know, vulgar and stuff like that. But, man, you know, there's some people who say you shouldn't go to the movies at all Mm -hmm. or that you shouldn't watch movies. I threw my TV out. Okay, that's a freedom that they have. Mm -hmm. But we can't, you know, press that on all believers that you must throw your TV out. Right. You know, Um, but sometimes we, we do that type of thing. We're like... Man, you know, I I feel so strongly about this. I believe everybody should do this, you know. And so, and and we kind of interact with others, our brothers and sisters, in that way. I wanted to um, refer to what Laurie said in the comments. She said, um, "I base what I watch, music I listen to, or what I do in life on the Scripture, uh, Philippians four eight, which says, okay. finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, mm. whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything is worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Amen. Let me say something about that, um, because we recently had a conversation with our children and talking about the, even some of the podcasts that we consume, right? So, so our family, because of our observing what's going on in culture, we kind of pay attention to what's happening in culture. We're, we're looking at, um, what are the current events? What's the current conversation? Right, and then we right. have conversations ourselves about what's going on. And so recently I was talking to them. And when I say recently, I mean, in the last two to three months, um, I was talking about th- a certain podcaster that I pulled back listening to. Mm. And the reason I pulled back listening to this podcaster was because um, over the years and and certainly in the last like couple years, um, he had grown increasingly vulgar, mm. like just cussing for no reason. Um, and then playing songs that while he might, you know, bleep out some of the songs and, and I understand responding to what's happening in culture, but you know, it just seems to me that some of it is just a little bit, I don't know, um, unnecessary maybe. And I was talking to our kids about it and I said, you know, look, I, I don't think that, um, just because I'm a certain age, I can and should listen to everything that's out there to listen to. What I know is that when we start to consume certain things, and this kind of goes back to Lori's point, when we try to start to consume certain things, those things take root in our heart. Yeah. They take root in our mind. And and we can begin to have the words and the lyrics come into our mind even when we don't want them to be there. So yeah. I think, yeah. you know, it's important for us to weigh things um, 
by whether or not we're, we're grieving the Holy Spirit, are we sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to even know that he would be grieved by the things that we're listening to? I mean, you know, if I'm mm. listening to a podcaster and yeah, he's covering the news and he's covering headlines, but he's also cussing, you know, as he's doing that, I don't want those words to become a part of what cycles through my thinking. Mm. Do, you, do you understand what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, I don't want, that's, that's, Anyway, so I think those are one of the things where we say, man, that's not lovely. That's not pure. That's not of a good report. I don't, I don't want to listen to that. And I make that decision not based on my age, but based on, man, I want to glorify God. So, You know, this is a, a great point uh, that Mandy is uh, making. And we also realize that every Christian is on a personal journey. Oh, that's a great point, Mandy. And the Holy Spirit deals with us personally. Uh, I may be in a different place from you. And that's the great point because, you know, years ago, there was, mu there was music that I would listen to that, man, I will not listen to today yeah. because yeah. of sanctification, mm -hmm. you know. And so sometimes we judge people based upon where they are, like, you know, what they're doing at that moment. When we forget where we were when we first came in, we it wasn't like we, you know, uh, grew leaps and bounds and everything. You know, some things fell off, but maybe there were some other things that still remained yeah. that now you would not even go back to. You wouldn't even think about it. Mm -hmm. And so there is that sanctification process that we have to, um, you know, bear with, with one another. That's an in excellent that. point. Yeah, that's a great point, you know, because a lot of times we just, we're just looking. Yeah. And I, I never forget uh, the story. And I say a story, but this really happened to me when I was in college. I was, you know, a believer. Um, and um, I remember there were some guys that came to work on the, the building that uh, the department that I was in, the mass communications department, there's some guys doing some work there. And I looked at this guy and I was like, you know, I, I looked at him and he was smoking a cigarette or doing something. And I immediately thought in my mind, oh, man. He's not a Christian. I need to, you know, tell him about God, you know. And so, yeah, that's cool. I had that heart to be able to say, you know, maybe I should share the gospel. But I ended up talking to this guy and this guy was telling me all about God. This guy was like, <laughs> man, and you could tell, you know, he, he was a Christian. He was yeah. a believer. And the Holy Spirit at that moment said, see, you judged him based upon him smoking a cigarette. Wow. Yeah. You know, you judge him based upon that. This guy, you know, is in the family. And I was like, man, never again. I won't do that. Just looking at someone and saying like, oh, they're doing this. So they must, unless it's something like really, you know, grotesque, yeah. you know, but smoking a cigarette, like maybe he, he hadn't beaten that yet. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It doesn't mean that he's not a Christian. Yeah. You know, maybe that's a struggle. Maybe. Yeah. And even if you might hear, man, and this is something too, you might hear someone who's professing to be a believer cuss. Mm. I think we did a live on that, y'all. You know, if, if you hear that and you don't know exactly where they are, if they're still a babe, and, but they're wrestling with that. So, but can we you don't like, know. okay, yes, that is true. So here's what I'm, now, I'm wondering. I'm not talking about Mike Todd, who's a... No, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, oh, what's the guy's name? The um, other guy. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Ross. Um, uh, Tim, 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 Tim Ross, Ross. Tim Ross. Okay. Someone, you know, who's preaching and saying like, oh, I still cuss. You know? But someone who's a, a babe and... and and may not have, yeah. you know. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they're still. Yeah, they might be struggling walking with Walking through and walking through the sanctification exactly. um, process. Okay, so here's my question, though. My question is this, and, and I'm, I'm interested in response from the live here. When we observe this in our brothers and sisters, how do we know the moment that demands like a Priscilla and Aquila moment where you have to pull oh, yeah. them aside? Definitely. And you have to say, hey, listen. That's not really um, 
you know, showing I, fruit. I believe when it's seen that we should be able to go and say, hey, I'll, like, for instance, if there's someone who uh, is newly is a new believer, and let's just say this, and, but man, they have a, um, they, they gossip a lot. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if, if, if I recognize that, that should be a, a moment where I'm like, man, can I talk to you, man? You know, I just want to show you something in the scripture. Uh, you know, I think we need to address those things. You know, if if there's a young lady who's who's professing to be a Christian, you know, and, and dressed in a certain way and continuously doing that, mm-hmm. I think the women of the church should be like, hey, you know, can we talk? You know, like, I think those are moments of discipleship. Yes. And yes. I don't think we need to let those moments linger. Like, yeah. you know, I don't want them to, you know, no, I think I think we need to address that pretty quickly. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And and I think do it delicately yes. and do it with love. Okay, Gentleness. so here's Cassandra, and I, I don't want to ignore this because I this is what we do the live for, right? So that we can engage, so that we can have a conversation. So Cassandra says, um, some say drinking alcohol is a sin, but it's not found in scripture. Um, pigs being defined as unclean to eat is found in scripture, yet it's explained away as that is for the Jews. Okay. Mm. Um, I wouldn't explain away. I was about to say bacon. I know that there's other parts <laughs> to a pig. Pork chop. Right? Okay. Oh. I wouldn't explain away pork chops um, as that being for the Jews. What I would say, though, is that the Lord is not holding us to a law that justifies us as the Jews were held to the law. And now all of the law is fulfilled in Christ. So I think if we are saying that um, pigs are are sin to eat, then I think we miss what has been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. If we are saying pigs are not good for you to eat, then you're probably right. Like you're probably right. Okay. Like certainly you're probably right. Um, but I think we have to make that distinction. And I, I'd like to hear from Cassandra, like yeah. in response to that, how would, how would you respond to that? Do you see eating because the comparison between the drinking and the and pigs, it seems like you're saying that to eat pigs, that it is sin. And and I, w- I would like to address that. I, I would actually like to point to the Apostle Paul um, as he's talking to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, when they had questions about eating food that had been sacrificed to idols. I mean, you know, he's saying you have liberty, you have freedom, you know that these gods are not gods, mm-hmm. right? But you don't want to do anything that's going to cause anyone to stumble. And so I would imagine that if you got the Apostle Paul who's saying that you can eat the meat that was used in the sacrifices um, and you're not doing it as a form of worship, then you're not sinning. I don't know. I would just imagine that that he's not still holding them to don't eat, don't eat pigs or because that's a sin and i don't i don't want to be vague on that does that make sense yeah is it making sense and, and, and my thing is i for me i would um be more prone to not eat uh uh pigs or whatever um because of maybe not being good for me rather than someone telling me it's a sin yeah yeah like that 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 is the thing you know that i i think we we can't definitively say um, from the from the scriptures, but to say because man, it's not good for you that there are studies that show this and that, and I, I I would listen to that more readily than like because of the law, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I believe that um, that's something that you would have to show me that today where today that's you know still in effect that you know we 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 can't do that you know so mm-hmm. I you know. I don't. I don't deny that. You know, there are things that may be harmful, and we need to our body. We need to take care of our bodies. 
you know, and and, and we need to uh, be able to to take care of it in a way that we can continue to preach the gospel and putting things in may be harmful. So I would say, yes, man, we, we should stay away from certain things like that. But to to add on to it that, man, because it's a sin, I would I would have to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, listen, I wouldn't I wouldn't prepare pigs to eat around Cassandra. Like I wouldn't you know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't do that. And um and I, I just I don't see anywhere for a believer who comes to Christ that there these are the rules. Like if you read Acts chapter 15, man, and if we get I, I left my Bible just out of reach over there. But in Acts chapter 15, mm-hmm. where you've got the Gentiles who are coming into the family of God and the question is, okay, how are we supposed to live? What are we supposed to do? And the decision from the Holy Spirit, right, that is communicated to all believers is that there's like three criteria. It's like that you've got to flee sexual Abstain immorality. things contaminated by idols and from fornication and from what is strangled and from blood. Okay. So if as a believer, you know, because the question was, do they have to become Jews to be Christians? Mm-hmm. That was the, please understand that that was the argument, right? That was the, that's, that was what was hanging everybody up because what has happened. And if you look at Ephesians chapter four, the apostle Paul is saying that the manifold wisdom of God has been revealed in the church. Cause you've got a new group of people that never before existed. We're not talking Jews and Gentiles. Now we are talking those who have been brought together in, in under one banner, who, who is Christ and they are the family of God. And the question is, how do these new people need to live? Like what, what should we expect of them? Do they have to become Jews? And the Holy Spirit is saying to the church, no, you don't have to become a Jew to become a Christian. Here is what you need to do to live holy and walk uprightly. And so I don't, I just don't see that in scripture. And I, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but. Yeah, no, I think this is good. We're talking about the, the you know freedoms and the liberty of a believer, and I and you know and I know I've talked to some that you know would have the same point as uh, Cassandra, but I, yeah, from what I can see from scripture, I don't see how we could tag on it that it's it's sin or it's anything like that. Yeah, but if you're saying that it's man, it's just not good to eat. Like if you say it's not good to eat catfish. Because they are bottom dwellers or, you know, I'll say, okay, I understand what you're saying. But if you're saying like, you shouldn't eat catfish because, you know, it's, it's a sin and it's one of the the defiled creatures or whatever, you know, I'm like, okay, but I think there's a, there's a freedom for people to, to eat that if they, if they want, if yeah. they, even if they're believers. You know? Yeah. I want to look at the four things that the pastor says yeah, that we should ask yeah. ourselves because we actually haven't really gotten into that. So, but just the reminder that when you resist the cultural trends that rival the truth, you remain culture proof until next time, Lord willing. God bless.